Welcome to episode 7 of the Bright Side Podcast. So, I joined the military straight out of high school left that very same summer, a month after graduation, and I decided to join the U.S. Navy. Once I got there, they pretty much get all their stats on you, make you do more drug tests and all this stuff, and I was uh, 5'9", 3 fourths of an inch, and 135.8 pounds. During my tenure in basic training, which was located in Chicago, I gained a lot of weight, and this is why. During my time in basic training, the equivalent to what is a drill sergeant in the Army or a drill instructor in the Marine Corps or a training instructor in the Air Force, In the Navy, they are called a Recruit Division Commander, and RDC for short, were three burnouts. The first one, uh, Senior Chief, was we were his last division before he shipped back out to the real fleet. The second one, Petty Officer First Class, was retiring right after our division graduated and the second a petty officer second class was going through his third divorce and just didn't care so essentially the 88 people in my division number 367 we were pretty much left to our own devices since they did not really care Majority of the time, we didn't really do any PT. We just did military customs and training and folded and stenciled all of our uniforms with our name, social security number, and birth date. And back in my time, the Navy was notorious for having a crap load of uniforms. We had duplicates of everything, and we even had a summer version, a tropical version, and a winter version all had to be fitted for the individual and we had to stencil and learn how to properly fold and stow them in our storage locker. Fast forward towards one of the last few weeks of basic training, which they call service week or fast cruise which I learned years later that they discontinued it because it was a waste of time and training. And all it is, is a week break for your RDCs to ship you off to do grunt work around the base. If you're a kiss-ass, you can get a nice gig as a assistant to the chaplain at the church or work around an office somewhere in admin. 
you're like everybody else, they shipped you off to the base galley. The galley is what they call the cafeteria area in the Navy. Once you're in the galley, you are assigned various duties. The worst duty is being put in deep sink. Deep sink is where you get to wash all the crud off of all the dishes and silverware. Some would use that as a punishment if you screw up. You can also work the service line, be in charge of a service line, or work what we call the tiger team, who would wake up at 0500 and start prepping and cooking all the meals. I was fortunate enough to be the lead on the service lines. My service line was specifically designated as a straggler's line. My line was specifically designated for people who had to go off on their own for appointments or make up certain qualifications on their own personal time. So my line was a very low traffic area. So I really didn't have much to do. And we were pretty much unsupervised unless we extremely screwed up. So with that being said, I would just walk around looking at all the other lines because I was bored and it came to my realization that every night once we leave the galley, all the cooks throw away all the food and start over. Kind of blew my mind at that point but I was still a teenager so what did I really know so I took it upon myself to take the desserts and just pretty much eat them 24 7 since they were going to get thrown away and they start all over again so for my tenure during service week I would just walk around my stragglers line with a bowl of donuts all day every day for that entire week since service week is just Monday through Friday six to six other people in my division and other divisions that were there started to realize that all they do is throw away the food and start again every morning so people in my division and along with other divisions decided to take it upon themselves to treat themselves to the various snacks and desserts that were going to get tossed anyway in the dumpster seemed like a perfectly good waste of food we literally had in my division big guys who would take sheets of Rice Krispie treats, brownies, wrap them up in saran wrap and put them in the backs of their shirts. And because they were so big, it just made sense. Even though they were kind of walking kind of stiff. And then we would get back to the barracks and then they would divvy them up and sell them in the back of the compartment. 
This went on for about four days until some people always get more greedy and take more than what they should visibly in front of supervisors and they get caught and then before we're dismissed they have lined us all up in formation and asked who's been stealing food to come forward because we know who you are at this point in my mind as I stand there in formation standing at attention I believe they had no idea who the actual people were and were just calling the bluff but the bluff worked on two people in my division who confessed and out of the hundred or so people that were there they're the only two that confessed pretty much everyone else got away scot-free so they then had to go back to our barracks knowing that our RDCs were going to smoke them. Smoking terminology used in basic or in overall in the military to where you just get PT'd to death or to the point of exhaustion. And that's what happened to them. Kind of funny though, since everyone else was in the back eating brownies and they're getting yelled at because they just couldn't call the bluff. So now I graduated, I'm on a plane to my next stop in my military career, which would be A school or apprentice school. It's where you go to learn the job that you signed up for when you joined. My job training school was located somewhere in the south on the Gulf Coast. And my training school also happened to be a joint command, which means all branches were there. Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. And all students there range from ages 18 to 30. So it was a nice little melting pot of youngsters. Once I was there, there happened to be a severe weather warning. A massive hurricane was on its way to our base. All staff warned all of the students to stay inside while protocol for them was to have all command personnel and instructors leave and 
go 10 miles inland to be away from the impending hurricane while completely locking down the base keeping all students alone unsupervised in the barracks with the only advice to stay inside when the hurricane comes kind of reminded me of an episode of South Park with the whole just duck and cover and the lava won't burn you alive because in my mind observing all the higher ups telling us to just stay inside you're going to be perfectly safe as they drive away and roll up the gates and completely lock the base down and I mean lock it down I mean locked it down to where like even the contracted cooks everything was closed it was just the students who again 18 to 30 year olds especially the 18 year old demographic you can only imagine what was going to happen especially when we're 100% unsupervised for three days the first day or the night before we're all in the day rooms of the barracks just watching their weather report seeing on the radar and the Doppler of the big bad hurricane that's coming our way During this time, it was already humid and had this weird, eerie, red sky from the uh, overcast and cloud cover. Kind of reminded me of Mars. But to have that and then have the little sprinkles now and then. And then that morning, we all are just waiting, hunkered down. And little by little, we all start coming out and come to the realization that the hurricane has completely missed us. And we are okay. And we are here by ourselves. So it quickly devolved into a nice Lord of the Flies situation. And again, most of us were in basic prior to this. So you have 18 year old and above males and 18 and above Females who haven't seen each the opposite sex since before basic, since it's segregated, so you can only imagine the debauchery that happened. 
some of which I'm going to tell you. I, being smart, saw the long game and realized that they're eventually going to come back. I had at least that kind of hindsight. So watching, and just walking around these craziness, I saw mud wrestling in the volleyball court. I saw the Air Force females doing wet t-shirt contests. I saw some of the marine guys doing shots and eating mud. Army guys throwing their beds out the windows on the second deck. A bunch of the Navy guys underage drinking. A lot of loud music. And of course, a lot of smoking, cigarettes, underage drinking, and lots and lots of PDA. And then this went on for three days. That whole weekend. And of course, some way through Monday, all the adults came back. And then that's when reality set in. It was kind of funny. Mass formations of everybody getting hauled in to see the man and get verbally assaulted. Some people, well, the thing that had them come early because they don't think they were going to come back until maybe Tuesday. But some of the youngsters got overambitious and consumed too much alcohol and had to go to the hospital for alcohol poisoning. That was the first alarm on the adult's radar that told them that we weren't responsible enough and we had to get corralled back to being with our military bearing and discipline. But again, a bunch of 18-year-olds left alone. What did you really think was going to happen? Pretty funny having all the working parties of people barely hung over cleaning up the mess that they all created. And then you're in the hospital getting treated for alcohol poisoning and then there's a guard waiting for you to get discharged to walk you and have you wait in a line for the Navy side to the command office where you're going to get a NJP a non-judiciary punishment which they give you in lieu of a court-martial that time, the most they can do, since we're pretty much so low in the totem pole, they could put you on base restrictions, 
hold on to your pay for two pay cycles and bust you down and in one extreme send you to the fleet without the job you were trained that you're contracted to do and send you to the fleet as an undesignated seaman which means that you just become a bosun's mate which is not a very good job in the Navy especially if you're sent there as punishment so there's a lot of restrictions and busted down but again if you're an E2 getting busted down to an E1 really doesn't affect you that much it's only like a at that time I want to say a hundred dollar pay difference as long as you were smart with your money you'd be fine and then some of the Air Force people they got busted Marines, Army, most definitely. A lot of people. I found it kind of amusing to walk past all three command buildings to see a line of people in the dress uniform ready to get busted down. And then still get in formations and have people still getting called out and having them try and have people around each other with giving them a three-day weekend pass if they can produce more names, more this. Surprisingly, people took it, and I thought that was kind of funny. Guess there's no honor amongst thieves. And then, of course, well, we can't trust any of you now. You're supposed to be young adults. So there's more restrictions, more mandatory stuff, more training to keep us up, keep us busy. Which sucked, but again, a bunch of kids on a base with alcohol and no adults. What were they honestly going to think was going to happen? But that was still a funny sight to see during that hurricane party. Get to my first command after graduating A school. I'm an E1, a seaman recruit, and I get to my next duty station, which is a joint command. All branches are there working together to accomplish one mission. And I learned that I'm also the only E1 on the Navy side, so everyone would make fun of me not to be mean, but just to point out that they haven't seen a slick sleeve, someone with no rank on their sleeves, in decades, or I didn't even know they still made people like you. 
since everyone there was a petty officer third class and above, E4 and above. So I always stuck out like a sore thumb, not to mention that I also have the only last name on the command of Bryce, so not that difficult to find me or know who I am. Get there, get my bearings, get in the barracks, and then you just start getting acclimated to the new command, the new situation of, again, working the joint side. seeing how things operate and work than just being again a stupid teenager in the barracks fast forward to just pretty much here for a while in the barracks life and then just having those inter-service rivalries and frat boy behavior of the barracks where the first in each building there's three levels and the navy barracks there was two levels for navy and the third deck was for the marines and then to the side either to the left side of us were the air force barracks and in between was like a little picnic area where you can barbecue and do all your drinking and such And during that time, pretty much after your work shift was over, we would just hang out in the picnic area or outside your barracks room and just drink or smoke or dip or all of the above. Pretty much every Marine and Army guy that I knew at that time dipped and smoked, which I thought was kind of weird and did uh, ripped fuel, I guess, to stay awake, or for whatever reason. And then all the Navy guys would just drink and drink. And then the Air Force kids would drink their Corona Lights and Dos Equis. While Blue Side would always do Bud Light or Budweiser Original. And then they would complain that we would leave our trash in the picnic area. And what they had, they had a bay orderlies who during the day shift would clean up the area. And I guess they complained. So allegedly, air quotes, certain people on the blue side took it upon themselves after drinking to throw all of the glass beer bottles against all the doors of the Air Force barracks on the first and second deck, allegedly, since there are no witnesses that can attest, only speculation. Needless to say, that stirred up quite the shitstorm for both sides.
which caused more MPs to patrol the area to curb the underage drinking and supplying alcohol to minors and overall lack of military bearing and discipline. Although I did find it funny. Allegedly. So that was pretty much it. And then I guess a truce was brokered between the Air Force barracks and our barracks with a joint barbecue that lasted four days with us buying out every beer brand at the post exchange for four days straight every Corona every Dos Equis every Budweiser except for Bud Ice was emptied out and in our barracks for four days non-stop partying which was a pretty cool time Time has passed. Barracks life is going okay. I got some patches on my sleeve. I'm now an E2, seaman apprentice. And we're getting ready to come up on another physical fitness readiness test, PRT. And before we do that, each division likes to do a mock PRT to see who is in trouble of not passing the official fitness test. Now, being an E2, being confident, seeing how it is a mock, I ask my supervisor, who is in, in the Navy, in E6, and designated with the title of LPO, Leading Petty Officer, is, since it's a mock PT test, is this mandatory? And a favorite phrase that I've come to learn while in the military is, it's not mandatory, but it's highly suggested that you go. Being a complete idiot, I was like, oh, alright, I just won't go. So just, I don't have to because it's not mandatory. And then he leans in and he says, it's highly suggested that you go. Still didn't get it. And I was like, okay, I just won't go. And he just finds like, listen, dumb fuck, show up. And I was like, oh, alright. So I'm upset that I had to do this mock PRT that doesn't mean anything. I'm in shape at this time. I got to a shredded 156.8 pounds and I'm okay. I don't know why I need to do this mock PRT. 
So as a big screw you to the establishment, I just looked at the standards and again for 18 to 20, you have to be a superhero, which I could hit the numbers, but I just decided just to get a D plus on everything which apparently was a huge mistake because the other petty officer first class in E6 who ran the whole PT program saw that and he said I'd better put out on the run and I was like you know what screw this guy so I pretty much sprinted and also for the Navy you have to do a mile and a half run. So I sprinted my first two laps. I had a good pace, a good time. That's gonna pretty much make probably a uh, sub 10. But then I decided just to briskly jog my last lap and a half and then power walk across the finish line to get to the bare minimum, barely passing, uh, score with a 12.22 anything above 12.30 is failing and I had a stopwatch so I knew what I was doing and then I walked away and then the next day on shift he comes to me and says congratulations because your scores were almost failing we're going to put you on the physical enhancement program, AKA the fat boy program for the Navy for people who fail PT test or need help and passing. And I was like, all right, message received. I won't do that again. And it sucked because I'd have to leave shift and do these mandated PT workouts with the overweight and out of shape to the point where I couldn't even really work out the way I wanted to. In fact, I felt so angry at these power walks and jumping jacks and toe touches that I could barely break a sweat. I would literally have to, as soon as we were done, work out on my own to feel justified for not wasting my time and then come time for the official PT test I pretty much smoked it and just blew it out of the water and then that was that message well received shut up in color I'm only an E2 I don't know anything So concludes another episode of the Brightside Podcast. Like and subscribe to whatever platform to stay update. Until then, see you next time. Only on the Brightside. Side.